these guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's flagrant howls. All right. Is the plane off the ground here? You'll notice on the YouTube channel that all three of us, Phil Mackey, Kyle Tige, and our executive producer of Flagrant Howls, extraordinaire Ross Brendel, are in different places than we ordinarily are for this podcast. Ross and I have more like work-related reasons where I'm in studio for a separate project. Kyle has a raincoat on because his house <laughs> is falling apart today. So <laughs> there is a there is a hole in my living room up there. What? And, uh, it was just dripping on me about an hour ago. I now this is this is my life. This the everyone thinks the content game is so cool and fun. Uh, it's not. It's not sometimes. So. This is my this is my life. I just texted you right before this. I said, "Thank God the Pistons lost or the Wolves won because I'm gonna just had a meltdown today." It's all fun and games till Kyle gets rained on in his own place. Yeah, are you wearing a raincoat because you have to right now, or is this like a style statement? It's really well. It's it's also just expresses my mood, but it's really cold in here because there's a hole in my ceiling. Uh, we're in day five or day six or day thirteen of an ice storm, and. Uh, yeah, I know. I put it on because I was literally just like I was having coffee. I was like, oh, I'm going to prep for this podcast. And then just started getting hit in the head. And it's like, this is Dude. new low for me. New Dude, low. Okay, I'm, we, we will talk. I promise you guys, we will talk about the Timberwolves. And I actually have, have a big anthem. <laughs> Let's just talk about. Well, no, last night, was the, last night was one of the biggest wins of the season because you didn't lose to the Pistons. Like right. To me, that not losing to the Pistons is one of the biggest <laughs> wins of the year because la- last year they lost twice to the Pistons and one of those was like what was it was it New Year's Eve or it was close to there and it it sparked a come to Jesus players only meeting yep. and kind of kind of a turning point I guess in the season. Yeah, it was against but, it was last New Year's uh at home they lost to the Pistons who were once again really bad and they had a players only meeting and I think I have this right one of the guys they sent to do like media availability after it cuz you know players are pissed off was like Luca Garza like, he randomly just, like, did the post-game locker room stuff. So, yeah, it's, like, 382 days removed from that Pistons loss. Uh, wasn't pretty last night. They played with their food. Finch wasn't happy, but they got the W, 29-11. Uh, and 11. What, what yeah, else can you it, say? And, I, and, and, we'll, and we'll put a pin in that and circle back and a couple of things. But I, just, I have, like, a couple more roof-leaking questions for you. Are you – is the roof – are you on, like, the top floor of yep. a building? Yep. So – because at first, when you were texting, I thought maybe it was the unit above you had a, a like a bathtub leak or something. But it's like an open hole to the sky. Is that what's happening? Pretty much, yeah. We are <laughs> pretty know, much. Uh, we are on the top floor of this little castle. Uh, I know not. I mean, this won't shock anyone. I know zero about any of this stuff. Uh, but there is just insulation falling through the ceiling, kind of like a like a fake snow that you would see at the mall. Uh, about 45 minutes into touching it and cleaning it up, my wife was like, I think there's fiberglass in there. That was news to me. So uh, my fingers might just be compromised, but uh, the show must go on. So At this no, point, yeah, though, yeah. is it fair game for you, Kyle, to have like an open flame in the middle of the living room? You know, we're, a fire? we're close. We're close. I also thought it was just burning down the apartment, but uh, whoever our sponsor is that does the home mortgages, uh, hit me up because I, I need a house. Well, it's funny you bring that up because that would be our friend David at First Equity Mortgage here, Kyle. Let's talk about them for a second before we talk some Timberwolves. A few years ago, 
I had an amazing experience refinancing my home with David at First Equity Mortgage, and Kyle and his wife are going to have an amazing experience <laughs> buying a home back here in Timberwolves land. It's going to be great. Uh, so First Equity Mortgage is Minnesota-based, 24 years in the market. They pride themselves on supporting the community, treating every customer as a friend and a neighbor. So David is actually a 20-year Timberwolves and Lynx season ticket holder, too. So you'll see him roaming around uh, the nice seats there on Target Center. Uh, not only did I have a great experience with First Equity, but First Equity has also handled home loans for 20 of my friends and coworkers. They work fast. They have a great reputation. You know what you're going to get, and it's a great experience at First Equity Mortgage. Go to femort.com. That's femort.com or scorenorth.com, keyword David. To find out more, another service Kyle might need is zero res. <laughs> if your home is kind of a disaster because either you haven't cleaned your carpets in forever or because there's a literal hole in your ceiling and now your home is dirty, zero res is here to deep clean your home. They have a 4.9 rating out of five on Google with 17,000 reviews. And if you call right now or go to the website, zeroresminnesota.com, you can get three rooms zero resified starting at just $119. When you ask for the Scorner Special, so ask for the Scorner Special, three rooms, zero resified, $75 off, your air duct's getting cleaned, 9520res or zeroresminnesota.com. And uh, spell it forward or backwards, it spells the same, zero res. Okay. Ross, brings, Ross brings up a good point. I should mention this in case you're like, what is this lunatic talking about? One of the best stories of last night, unwolves related, was DeAndre Ayton, center for the Portland Trailblazers, was a DNP last night in a home game against the Nets because he couldn't get to his job. Who yeah. among us, right? He, uh, I know where That's he lives. That's a real thing in the Pacific Northwest, by the way. I know. Right. And that, that I, on Tuesday, I was trying to be like, you know, understanding because I thought this was the end of it and it's only gotten worse. Uh, so, you know, you said something about, you know, it's hard to, to plow or 45 degree angles. And I saw someone in the comment section is like, well, Duluth does it. So again, just shout out to the Midwest because we just are tougher and stronger and have a better hold on this. But yeah, DeAndre Ayton had a sheet of ice on a very steep driveway and they just couldn't get him out. So he just like didn't go to work last night and couldn't play. He was healthy. He was fine, but he couldn't get to the arena. They tried to send like rescue crews to pick him up. I, If you really wanted to make it to the game, like they're tanking, but he could have slid on his garbage can down it. It would have been a fun little content, but uh, <laughs> he, just, he was a DNP ice last night. Uh, so that was a new one, but it's it's still pretty yeah. bad out here. Hopefully it warms up. If you're in the area, be safe and, you know, stay warm. But uh, you know six. what? He, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do to celebrate just how far we've come <laughs> since last year's Pistons debacle. And last night wasn't the prettiest win. No. And I'm totally fine with them just taking, like, defense off for the first half. They got a back-to-back. Yeah. You know, you're traveling, whatever. Just, like, do what you got to do to win the game. But we've come so far in the last just over a year. Nothing warms a cold home like a pie out of the oven, Kyle. (laughs) And I'm going to put you on the spot right now. We're going to put Chef Kyle on the spot. I want, if the Wolves win tonight against Memphis... This is the 41st game of the regular season, so this is the halfway point. They will have 30 wins at the halfway point if they take care of business on TNT against a John Morantless Memphis team, right? Uh, that would put them on pace to win 60 for the season. And I believe, as you've been pointing out throughout every win on Twitter, of the 34 previous seasons of Timberwolves basketball, 17 of them, they did not win 30 games in the whole year. 
So they, if they win tonight, they will hit, they will hit 30 wins, and that will be top half of Timberwolves' seasons of all time. So can you put together for us, just putting you on the spot, a pie chart of praise for why the Wolves are so much better this season compared to the Detroit debacle on New Year's Eve of last year? I would, so I would say that... You've got to do math on the fly here, too, by the way, because it has to equal 100%. I think the slices, not to get too macro here, I think the slices are a veteran slice, a coaching slice, uh, just super-duper talent slice, and then I think Rudy Gobert gets his own slice. I think whatever you want to say, 30% of 100% pie, he gets the biggest slice. I think he is, if we were to do a leadership power rankings update, we've never really thrown him in there. I think it's always been Kyle and Mike and other people – I, I think Mike or I think Rudy Gobert is in the top three of leadership power rankings. Last night you saw it again. They didn't really ever worry about losing to the Pistons. Uh, they did win. They're twelve and two against teams under five hundred. But the only guy that really, really, I mean, Mike Conley wasn't even good last night. And Mike's always constant and great. But, but he was Rudy like a Go- plus twenty, even though which is crazy. Was crazy box score. He game. just had a couple weird turnovers that he never makes. He he was kind of hunting a couple shots, kind of going one on one against Bogdanovich. Uh, but Rudy was great. He sets the tone. He was just phenomenal. I think he's like 20 points or 19 points, 16 rebounds. So he would get the biggest slice of the pie for me this year. I think he is their most valuable player. He is not their best player. That's Ant. Then it's Cat. But he is the most valuable. So 30% goes to Rudy Gobert. Yeah. I would say 25%. Now I'm doing math. This is great. Go- this is why it's, this is why you know, people no think pen, pie no charts paper. are easy, right? You know, yeah, I don't have you a, gotta another do, computer. You got to do math. We're just going to, if we get to it's 110%. It's math, it's takes, it's also trying to not snub somebody. There's just a lot of factors to consider. 25% goes to Kyle and Mike, a combined. They have to share that slice. It's a rhubarb slice because uh, they've just been consistent. Even last night again in a game where the Pistons, I thought, were packing the paint, really forcing the Wolves to try to beat them from the outside. Kyle Anderson didn't even take shots. He was two for six, I think, but he led the team in assists. With nine, he led the team with steals. He led the team in blocks. Uh, he is the conundrum because you're worried about his spacing in the playoffs, but he's also maybe Finch's most trusted player outside of Mike. When things don't go well, he just subs Kyle in without a plan. He's just like, Kyle, you got to go fix this. So yeah, yeah. those two veterans have been great. I think that gets us to about 55%. Uh, Ant and Carl, the two pillars of this team, get another, let's say, 20%. So they're, uh, they're sharing. Yeah, they're, they're sharing, sharing another slice. Just like they're sharing the organization. Very, yeah, there we go. It's nice like a right? French silk slice. Uh, they were great. Carl was great again last night, five for five from three. Uh, this offense looks continuously jagged and junky and clunky and all those terms. But uh, when he just takes more threes, it's awesome. It just it opens things up more. It eliminates driving, which sometimes leads to guys falling down or turnovers or offensive fouls. It's a better offensive play. Carl shooting from anywhere in the building than like a heavy ant ISO 20 seconds dribbling the ball. So he was great again last night. He's been great in January. He's averaging like a season high in, in points and rebounds. And like, he's not really following people this month. It's been great. Ant has also been wonderful, kind of a stinker last night. You can afford that when your team is really deep, but the number one guy on the team that should make the all-star team easily. Uh, so that's like 35, 25. That's, or whatever. We're, We're at close seven, to it. it's 75 right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to. Last night was a great example of a guy. He gave you some points. He did nothing else in the box score rebounds, assists, steals, whatever. 
but I'm just because he hasn't been traded yet. Jade McDaniels gets fifteen percent. <laughs> uh, he was just awesome last night defending. He had that sequence where they threw a lob, he blocked it. He might have gotten some wrist. Then he got down in transition, just euroed right to the cup, easy. I don't know who is to blame. Is it Jaden or is it Finch that he doesn't get unlocked a little more? But he showed you again last night when he's hitting threes, he was doing some kind of like off the dribble threes, had a couple of threes in front of the bench that were really confident shots. Uh, He has been great. He had kind of a lull there for a little bit, but his value, you can't look at a box score anymore and be like, wow, Jaden had two rebounds. It doesn't matter. He is always on the perimeter guarding the best guy. And it's, then, is it is it fair to say with with Jaden that and we and we had a big Jaden conversation like a week yeah. or two ago that he is one of the best perimeter defenders he he has he has a couple great qualities that repeat on a regular basis and there's room for a lot more and whether it's someone's fault or whether we're yeah. just like early on it we need to just let it breathe for the duration of the next three or four years that I don't think he's reached his peak. Anywhere near it. And and I think if you establish that he hasn't reached his peak, you can either blame someone or get mad that he hasn't reached his peak, or you can acknowledge that he has two or three years left before he starts to emerge into his prime. Mm-hmm. So I, don't know, I, think, I think patience with the rest of his game. Now, scoring 23 points last night, he can knock down threes. We've gone over, like, really for him it's about attempts. Yeah. Because his efficiency is there offensively, and he's got... He's he's kind of got a bag of scoring tricks too, man. Like he can shoot threes, he can get to the rim, he can he can get out in transition. He's got that little mid range game too. So at some point, I still think he could be the third scorer on this team. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I just want to throw that out there when it comes to Jaden McDaniels. And I've seen some people make valid, although not timely, criticisms that at some point we need to expect more from him because he did sign a lucrative extension. But that extension is not being paid right now. He makes three million dollars. He is, for the 23-24 season, probably one of the 10 most valuable players for what he is getting paid in the league, just yeah. straight across the league. Now, next year, when that $3 million jumps to, what, $22 million, there will be more of an emphasis on, hey, you have to help us out in these moments. You have to be a second kind of, ro- like, when the, some of the guys go to the bench and you bring in the second unit guys, like, maybe you lead that, and maybe you're the kind of offensive focal point, but that's... Six months from now, I might have more holes in my ceiling. They might not have Carl Anthony Towns as their second banana. Like, there's just a lot of stuff. So, Jaden's expectations will grow at some point. But I don't think this year those expectations need to be anything other than just defend the hell out of the best player on the other team, hit threes, get out in transition. He That's a great point by you. Like, he is one of their best guys in transition. He's unguardable, kind of. He just has a weird way to handle the ball. It's high, but he knows how to use his limbs, and uh, he's great. I'm at like what 85 percent now. Of this pie, we're getting close. We're at 90, dude. Because we got we got 30 Gobert, we got Kyle and Kyle and Mike sharing a slice. That's 55. Ant and Cat sharing a slice to 75, and then 15 to Jaden. So yeah. we need got a got a little aggressive. Math there. up to 10 left here. We got a Phil's too nice. I would have let you finish the pie and then tell you you came up percent short. So <laughs> figure it out. Well, Judd, Judd Judd has confidently done that before. Where. Like, we'll fight him. I don't think the math works out. He's like, no, I've been doing the math all day. It's like, no, the, and then the like commenters have to do the math. But we're at 90 right now. Okay, well, I probably got a little aggressive there in the beginning because I do, the, the guys I'm leaving out now are the coaching staff, Nas, and Nikhil. Nikhil last night, again, seven points. He had probably two of the biggest shots in the fourth quarter that really kind of stemmed the tide. So if you just want to say I gave some, 
some pie to the stars, some pie to Rudy, the vets, uh, Jaden. I think 5% because I want to include everyone. Uh, everyone gets a participation trophy. I want Nikhil and Na to be like, hey, when we need some juice off the bench, you bring it. It's not always consistent, but just Nas and Nikhil are so energetic and just do the right thing. They, they're they two of the biggest swing-the-ball guys. They believe in the flow. Uh, credit to them, 5%. And then 5% to just the coaching staff. If if you're still a little lukewarm on, on Chris Finch because the offense hasn't been hasn't matched the defense. I think they're 15th again in offensive rating, first in defensive rating. Uh, I just loved Chris Finch last night after that game, a game that gave you a little PTSD, you know, gave you a little bit, ah, are they going to do this again, whatever. They win. It wasn't as close as a seven-point game. Like, there was some real garbage time stuff there. They pulled the starters yeah. ever. But uh, Finch, again, post-game, was just not happy. And I think that's, I think they got a bunch of kind of, in a good way, grouchy coaches that I love it aren't going to let these guys kind of rest on their morals and be like, hey, I know that 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 loser's tweeting out every other night how successful this season is and how we've made it this far, friends on stuff, but Finch does not want those guys to think they've done anything because from a fan perspective, it's been great, and they have done some cool stuff over the 35-year history of this, but for what they're trying to do, man, they haven't done anything. So he's not going to let them get too hot-headed or big-headed, uh, and he pointed out a lot of stuff last night. I think Britt Robson said it best on Twitter is like he just states facts and that's different than criticisms like the way you just state real things like hey there is a hole in my ceiling I'm not being critical I'm just pointing out that it's dripping so that's what Finch did last night again he said listen there is a hole in our ceiling literally and we have to patch that ceiling if we're going to be a true contender and right now again last night the offense was was janky, but they have what'd you say? Forty-two games starting tonight to figure it out. So this will be well. This will yeah, forty-one after tonight. Yeah, forty-two. So if you a lot of time tonight. to figure it out. A lot of bad opponents coming up that maybe they can get some good reps in. But uh, outside of two Thunder games this month, it's this is the worst, easiest part of their schedule coming up. And they're feasting on it so far. Like they've they, they've had a couple games against Portland and Detroit. The you know I'm gonna I'm gonna executive decision here. I'm going to carve out 10 more percent here. We're going to take this pie, pie chart to 110%. Okay. I like what you did, or we can take some pie away. I don't know. I'm, I mean, if you want to go up to Rudy and take some pie away, you know, it's your own life. Uh, Rudy, Conley, Kyle, Aunt Cat, Jaden, Nah, Nas, we've hit on the coaches. I think if there's just like a 10% chunk we can find for beating the bad teams the mm-hmm. way that you're supposed to, bringing a a business-like, mm-hmm. who was it before the game? Uh, I can't remember who it was. It was it might have been Gobert. But some, you know, what's the, what's the key to playing against a team that only has like four wins, which is kind of a funny question, but it's it's a business trip. Like, oh, just, go beat, just go, Nas Reed. Said it to just go beat them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so they are now 10-2 and two this season when playing teams below 500. Dude, they were like, I'm going to look this up here because I don't want to get it wrong, but I think they were below 500 or exactly 500 last year against below 500 teams. Mm -hmm. And it was the, like they were one of the best teams in the league against winning teams and their lack of concentration, professionalism, maturity essentially took eight to 10 wins that should have been off of the table for them and, and obviously stuck them in the plane again. So yeah. And, and, you know, part of that too. I know this isn't exactly what you're talking about, but part of that also too is they their Achilles heel last year was not only losing to bad teams; it was blowing those double digit leads to any team. Yeah, like they led the league in the games that they had ten point or bigger leads, and they blew them. Uh, and I think that ties into sometimes 
I get frustrated too, right? Like I do want to get any rep I can for a Leonard Miller, for a Josh Minot, for a Wendell Moore. But man, maybe Finch is just a normal dude who's like, I know we're up 16, but we were up 16 last year to the Wizards and then we blew it. Like, I'm just going to give these guys another 90 seconds. And so he did pull the guys, I think, with eight minutes left against the Blazers. And we got an extended look at some of the young kind of pups. But uh, he might just continue to grind out wins and then think, okay, once we get to the 65-game mark, maybe then I'll start to rest some guys or or pull them a little more. But they are very, very much in the middle of this marathon. And he maybe just isn't ready to slow down yet. They were 17 and 18 last year against below 500 teams. That's crazy. 17 and 18. For context, the Grizzlies were 27 and 8 against below 500 teams. The Kings were 26 and 8. The Nuggets were 24 and 11 against before 500. In fact, they were the only team in the playoff or play-in of of either conference to not be at least 20 and 14 in those games. So they were like 5 games behind the next team among playoff teams against below 500 teams. They were one of the worst teams in the league against bad teams last year. So you said like, 17 and 18. Yeah. Yeah. So if you give them those five wins, that's a great stat. Congre- just great stat. If you give Isn't them those five though? extra wins. I mean, yeah. It was but a, if, if they were what a great contribution to the podcast by me, if they were so instead of 17 and 18, if they were 22 and 13, they just have those five more wins or whatever that puts them at 47 and 35. That would have given yeah. them the four seed in the West and they would have hosted a playoff series against a Suns team that was, you know, at that time, just KD, KD and Booker. So, again, they didn't do that. So we're not trying to make excuses. They didn't do that, and that's why they had to play in the play-in, lose that Lakers one, beat the Thunder, and then just kind of get waxed by the Nuggets. But uh, that might just be part of this equation, that Finch last year, I don't remember Finch last year after some of these games, well, because they lost him, saying what he says now after these games of, like, we haven't done anything. He's really trying to be a tough crabby dad and I think that's what this team needs even with the great leadership at the top with Kyle and Mike and Rudy they still have an immature gene that he's trying to wean out of them so yeah. what did I say 10 and 2 now 12 and 2 against bottom 500 teams or 500 or below 10 and that's 2 a 10 big and two. big yeah. big upgrade over uh last year's team which was a lot of the same players uh, do you think though like when Finch I think part of it is when Finch is speaking to his players, when Finch is speaking to the media, which is essentially speaking to your players through yeah. the media, and he wants to make make it very clear that we haven't done anything yet. We've we've only really played a half season. Like I like the attitude that he's bringing to mm-hmm. press conferences, and I like I like the the job is not even close to being complete. I, I like it all, but when he goes home at night. After I'm not saying after the Pistons game necessarily, but you know, and they they've had a couple nice wins lately. Does he go home and pour himself a cold one and sit back and just be like, "Yeah, this is badass." From where we were a year ago, we are killing it right now, and I don't want to show my team that. But or do or do you think he's the same sort of grouchy Finch when he goes home? That's a good question. I know I had one or two last night uh, beverages. We're not going to get specific. I know some people don't like that, uh, but. I, I do think he is just a real basketball lifer. He's got some tibs in him, and maybe we didn't know that. It's always funny to go through the hierarchy or the, the, the timeline of coaches, right? Like, the Wolves had tibs, and that was, like, type whatever, type A, like, to the nth degree. Then you bring in the complete opposite, right? Ryan, who is, like, completely different, maybe not the X's and O's guy, but just player relations he's really good at. Mm-hmm. And then you've kind of met in the middle of this coaching Venn diagram that, like, 
is Chris Finch. He has some Tibbs in him. He loves to play his seven or eight guys a little extra minutes, but he also knows how to connect with his players. I One thing you cannot question about Chris Finch is how he gets through to Ant and to Jaden and to Carl and to some of these other guys. So I bet you he had a beverage last night, whether it was adult or non. Uh, I'm sure there's some part of him deep down inside that's like, this is pretty cool, but I also think he's been around so much and coached overseas and coached in every different element you can that he's like, we still have a long way to go despite how far we've come. And that's that's the type of mentality and leadership that this team needs at the top. Yeah. So, okay, I have an Anthony Edwards question for you too. Hit me. And at the risk of of stealing copyright from uh, from our guy Bill Simmons and doing like a like an NBA player pyramid here. So he he's now Anthony Edwards is now thirteenth in the league in scoring just in points per game. He's twenty six points per game right now. He's point one behind Tyrese Maxey, point two behind Devin Booker, and uh, and point seven behind Steph Curry. So like basically, if if he has a let's say he scores like thirty eight points tonight, he might actually be top ten in scoring. And surpass Devin Booker and, and Steph Curry, uh, possibly on TNT tonight. But he so he's like very much right there as a top ten scorer, kind of on the fringe. His assists are up, his rebounding, his efficiency. He's shooting almost forty percent from three. He's only twenty two years old. Where is he in the pantheon of NBA stardom right now? You know, you've got like at the top, you've got Giannis, you've got Luca. I mean, LeBron James, even if the numbers aren't quite there compared to maybe previous seasons, LeBron James is still going to be up there in Steph Curry. Where do you think Anthony Edwards is at right now? I know it's it's not like a specific question, but how would you quantify it? I think six months from now, people will look at him on the exact same tier as Luca. And I think really? Luca, I think, and that that, that is me. He needs a playoff run for that. Yes. Yeah, that is me basically assuming that there is a good playoff run in this Timberwolves team and maybe an early flame out for that Mavericks team uh, that came out of the gates hot. They looked like absolute garbage in Dubai when they played the Wolves. Good start to the season, but now have kind of regressed a little bit, some injuries, whatever. But uh, I don't think it's a very good roster. But I just think like if, if the Mavs were to bounce in the first round in six games and the Wolves made a second round run and Ant's really good. I mean, last night we've had this talk before, but last night was hilarious because watching the game, complete eye test, I thought, yeah, Ant just doesn't have it tonight. Just not a very good game. Not a lot of guys did. Jaden was great. Carl was great, but Ant didn't have a good game. And then box score wise, it's like, oh, he had 27 points, eight assists and five rebounds. That's one of the biggest differences. His bad games now are still still awesome. He's even had two like single digit point games in the last Mm -hmm. few weeks. And, but it's not because he went three for 18. It's because the Wolves are up by 20 and other guys were feasting and he just, all right, whatever, like I'm going to play 28 minutes tonight. But you're right, like his his bad games, even if his scoring is down, he might still be a plus 18. And even if his efficiency is down, it's like, oh, he only shot 42%. He's gotten rid of the two for 14s for the most part, it feels like. Yeah, and I, I don't, they'll do the player or the the GM survey again this this season, this offseason, this summer, whatever, and they'll, who would be the number one guy you'd build your franchise around? Carl got that those accolades one year, then he kind of fell off the map. I would imagine teams are still super caught up in what Wemby does because we have never seen. I mean, I was watching him again the other night against I think the Knicks or something. It was crazy. He is in and of his own species. But after that, it's like I don't know anyone under twenty five that I. You're like, well, that guy's definitely better than Ant. Hal Burton's really good. Doesn't bring the defense. 
Uh, Luca is obviously out of this world, but again, doesn't really bring the defense. Um, Antizen is polished offensively, maybe some of those guys. But again, the eight assists last night, that's like the first column I look at when I look at Ant box scores. I don't care how your shot went in 10 for 24 last night, but did you get other guys involved? Because the most dangerous thing for this team, or I guess for the league, is if Ant starts being more of a facilitator, kind of what Devin Booker did as he grew up and became more of like, I guess, a point guard, is that if Ant's averaging eight assists, if you just told me, hey, Ant's averaging eight assists in the playoffs, they're probably winning most of those games. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's giving you a direct number. The league is so talented still, and you still trend towards the guys like, if you're building a franchise tomorrow, do you want Ant or LeBron? Well, you're probably going to take Ant because he's 22. But if I had to win a playoff game, LeBron has had a couple more of those than Ant. So he needs the reps. He needs the experience. But it will take one big run for that kid to kind of cap off, you know, being a movie star, have his own shoe, being an all-star, maybe all-NBA. A deep playoff run for him would make him probably a top five or six player in the league when Simmons does his pyramid again. It's yeah, and and they're still like, dude. Kevin Durant in his age thirty five season is averaging twenty nine points, yeah, and, really good, and he's shooting forty seven percent from three, and he's just he has not hit the age cliff at all. So there's still some OG guys up here that um, until those guys go over a cliff, and it's kind of shocking that LeBron hasn't yet. Uh, it's like like LeBron is finally under twenty five points a game for the first time I think in his career. He's almost 40. Like, he didn't he just turn 39 in December? <laughs> Did you see that? There was a stat last night. This sounds so made up. This might be my favorite basketball stat of all time. LeBron James has played against 35% of all NBA players in NBA history. Ever? <laughs> I don't well, even you know think how to quantify it. that. It's just like he's played against 35% of anyone who's ever played yeah. in the league. That's so he, yeah, he came in and he came in in 03. Yeah. And uh and what you know, we just celebrated the 75th anniversary of the NBA recently, right? So he's Yeah, I mean like that's pretty crazy. And and for what it's <laughs> worth, on the, the Ringers top 100 right now that they kind of do daily update or weekly update, Ant is 17th right now. But the guys that are ahead of him, who's ahead? Yeah, who's ahead of him? So 16 is Lillard, 15 is Fox, 14 Jimmy Butler, 13 Anthony Davis. Dude, Lillard, I got to stop you. I didn't make the list. I know you didn't. I don't. This is not the same Damian. First of all, Damian Lillard plays zero defense. I would say negative defense, actually. Like, I think okay. he actually gives the team the ball sometimes. Just says, go to the go to the rim. And Anthony Edwards, if he doesn't play defense on some nights, it's it's more just out of there's 82 games and yeah. it's he's flighty sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what this se- this season, what is Damian Lillard better at than Anthony Edwards? So let's just do a comparison here. Anthony Edwards, 39% from three. Damian Lillard, 35. Anthony Edwards, 46% field goals. Damian Lillard, 43. Anthony Edwards, 26 points per game. Dame, 25. Dame has like one more assist per game. Ant's got him in rebounds, in steals, in defense, in effective field goal percentage, which is essentially your efficiency. Yeah. I mean, that that's... I mean, objectively, Anthony Edwards is a better player right now than Damian Lillard. I don't. I don't even think it's a hot take. No. And again, this. Is, but the reason I'm saying this is because sometimes you'll hear Ant isn't a top ten player. And I think people get like offended. But when you look at the top ten, it's like okay, so twelve was Halliburton. I'm with you, by the way, on on Lillard. I think I might even be with you on Fox. Like we're getting to a point now where the playoffs carry so much weight. Not even rings culture, just winning playoff games. That if mm-hmm. if you win a playoff series, I mean, I don't. If Anthony Edwards wins a playoff series this April, 
and the and the Kings don't, you got to have Ant over De'Aaron Fox. I don't really think that's up for debate. So mm-hmm. 13 AD, 12 Halliburton. Again, a guy who has, I don't know if he's played in any playoff games. I think they're in the play-in. 11 is Kawhi Leonard, but here's where the top 10 is just so juicy and kind of dominated by more seasoned players. LeBron, 10. Devin Booker, 9. KD, 8. Shea Gilders Alexander, 7. Put a pin in that. Uh, Tatum, 6. Steph Curry, 5. Luka Doncic, 4. Giannis, 3. Joel Embiid, 2. And Nikola Jokic, number 1. So that's the list. I think he could go as high as he wants to, depending on how what kind of postseason success they had. Mm-hmm. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is kind of a, a, a tough one to swallow in some ways for Wolves fans just because, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, he's he was kind of anonymous like three years ago. and now, Right. But it's not wrong. He is he's electric great. offensively. He's He can be a little bit of a volume shooter sometimes. He's he's not he's not a great outside scorer um but he's he's incredible and he's the reason why Oklahoma City is right there on the heels of the Timberwolves in the Western Conference so and, I, I don't no, know I'm not offended by any of those top 10 I don't think it, nope and neither am I but I will just say I got in this riled up Dane the other day he told me to shut up uh Shea is 25 <laughs> and Ant is 22 and if you go back and look at what Shea was doing at 22 again we can talk about roster construction whatever I think Shea's team was 30 games below Shea's team back when he was 22 was 30 games below 500. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what Ant is doing at 22 is more impressive than what Shea did at 22. Now, Shea is probably just a better player. And if you're drafting guys for one game, you might take Shea, even though, again, the defense from him is not there. But uh, it is eye-opening to say that how many guys, the 16 guys in front of Ant right now, do you think have a guaranteed chance to be ahead of him? And I think it's only four or five. Like Jokic and Bede, he's not going to pass those guys. But I think it's like seven or eight, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, like it, make the in terms 10. of in the next six months. Yep. But but top ten, yeah. If he if he keeps playing like this, and then you know to some extent with these lists, it is reputation, and reputation is is built up even more in the postseason. But the Damian Lillard thing is the is like wow, I'm offended by that actually because it's not like Dame has a legacy of rings, right? Like Steph Curry probably isn't fifth anymore. He's probably ninth. Yeah, but he's, he's Steph still Curry, in the top ten. Yeah. So we're gonna yeah. we're gonna leave him fifth on this list. But and oh. and he is ahead of again. This is how deep the league is. But just some names that will ring a bell. Nineteen was like Jamal Murray just won a title. John Morant was twenty one. Uh, Donovan Mitchell twenty three. Paul George twenty four. Cat twenty five. So that's kind of your top twenty five right there. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean to be twenty two and to be even in this list is pretty crazy. I don't always necessarily know how a guy like Tyrese Reese Halliburton, who's same draft class is always higher than Ant when yeah. you look at what Ant's ceiling can be on the defensive end and then just, you know, a little playoff success. But uh, we don't give fun. enough credit to defense sometimes. And yeah. again, it's not like he is clamps for all 38 minutes that he's on the court all the time. <laughs> no. It's more, but no. when he decides to play defense, I think if everyone were playing defense at the effort level that they are able to, he would rank a lot higher than most of the guys that are above him on that list. Yeah, But that's the NBA too. How many dudes... Unless it's like your livelihood. Rudy Gobert's livelihood is defense. Jaden McDaniel's livelihood is defense. So those guys are going to extend more energy on the defensive side for more games out of 82. And now I'm just kind of making excuses for not playing defense all the time, but there are 82 games. Well, this is the thing. Like I saw some people worried about, God, they give up 40 points in the first quarter to the Pistons last night. Okay, I don't care. It's the middle of January. We know this team can play clamps defense. If this was a seven-game playoff series, do you think they would like coast defensively in the first quarter? No, but because it's a 
you know, it's a Wednesday in the middle of January. It's going to happen sometimes. It's human nature. But it's, I'm not concerned about it. I get it. I get it. I get it. NBA players make a lot more money than we do. But these guys, I'm telling you, man, I've been in the locker room. Phil, you've been in these locker rooms of all major sports. It is their job sometimes. And I'm telling you right now, I am mailing it in this week at my job. <laughs> I am just trying to get paid and not get fired. And I don't, I don't love it. I didn't love that they gave up 40 points to one of the three worst teams in the league last night. But they just showed up, wanted to get their checks, not get, not get hurt, don't and get, get a beat, win. Don't and get they hurt. did everything you wanted last night. The injury report for tonight's Grizzlies game is clean. No one's on it, not even Ant. You know, they didn't lose. They're not a laughing stock. They cut a check, paid, you know, what? Detroit, Michigan taxes, uh, and they survived. So I don't love that, but you are not going to get NBA players to play at their best for 82 games. It just doesn't happen. Last night was a great example, but unlike last year, as we said, they got the win. I think it's time for a random wolf of the week here, boys, with producer Ross, presented by our friends at Modest. Mm. So, hey, the Wolves, Mm. they've got a lot. They they went a stretch there where they didn't have many home games. They're home tonight at Target Center. So if you're catching this podcast, it's this is a late start too, by the way. You got some time to pregame if you want Nasty. to. Nasty. And Modest is right down the street from Target Center. It's a great tap room in the North Loop. Uh, maybe, you know, Kyle, if you're uh, if you're looking to get away from that hole in your roof, maybe make a trip to the Twin Cities here. We'll go drink some uh, some cans. Maybe pick up some 19-ounce uh, stovepipes of Modest to, to bring back home. But ModestBrewing.com if you're looking for a great place to sip on a couple beverages before Timberwolves games. Modestbrewing.com, Kyle. Yeah, Noah, a national TV game tonight. So it's on TNT. I believe our our idol, our friend Kevin Harlan is calling the game, but no Jim, no Grady tonight. So should be a really good game. Obviously, Kevin Harlan's one of the best. Uh, I don't know three Grizzlies players at this point. They're really, they are, from a just pure talent standpoint, they are worse than the Pistons right now because of all their injuries. Uh, no Desmond Bain, no John Morant, no Marcus Smart. Um, so yeah, go to Modest, have a beverage or two, drink responsibly, uh, and have a good time tonight. Because again, after tonight, they're on pace for 60 wins if they close this one down, and the franchise record is 58. Dude. Yeah, this is uh, this is a blast. Okay, Ross, let's do this here. We've got uh, a random wolf of the week. So far to this point, we've done eight of these. Kyle has six wins. I have two. The last handful of random wolves... Greg Smith, Shane Heal, Omri Caspi, Bobby Jackson, and Sebastian Telfair. Ross is going to give us a series of clues. Either one of us can shout out a guess whenever we want to. If one of us hits three incorrect guesses, three strikes, that person is out. The other person automatically wins. Are you ready? This is your pre-hint, boys. I think you'll be a lot happier today. I just think you'll be happier than the last few weeks. Also, learning today that we can just arbitrarily tell Kyle to shut up might be the highlight of the show. Highlight of my life. <laughs> just at any point, anyone in the comments, anyone. My, my wife heard that, and she's like, I'm going to start using that. And I was like, well, not great, but uh, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Shut it up. All right. Just shut up. Shut up. All right, here we go. Here we go, boys. Random Wolf of the Week begins now. Your first clue this Wolf of the Week was born in 1990. This Wolf of the Week born in 1990. Uh-oh. Quick math. What does that make them? 33 or 34? Well, it depends. Right? Is it a Janu- early January birthday? Because, you know, could be 34. I'm More likely to be that. 33 years old. This Wolf of the Week born in 1990 was born in Illinois. 
This wolf of the week, born in Illinois. Mm. This wolf of the meat, the, the meek, this wolf of the week made his, maybe could be meek, made his NBA debut in January of 2014. NBA debut was January of 2014. That's, that's kind of weird. Well, you know, stew on that. I think we lost Kyle, by the way. No, I'm here. I'm just like trying to this should be easy <laughs> there's one there's now water dripping from a different space just on his computer yeah it's it's effect it's affecting his video but we can hear you still i think as long as you're still there this wolf of the week has played for five different nba franchises this oh, wolf of the week has played for five different nba franchises kyle in fairness did you hear the clue about the player's debut yes yeah okay. i'm still here I, yeah i'm still here okay Mentally, Perfect. I'm not, but physically, I'm somewhere. Okay, great. It's really interesting. Okay, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot going on here with these, with these clues. I feel like this wolf of the week, gentlemen, still currently in the NBA. Okay, this well, wolf of the week is currently in the NBA. Oh man, this is kind of a, and I'm going to double check that really quickly. Kind of a dark. I'm going to make sure I read that correctly. And Rossi debuted in 2015? 2014. 14, I will okay. correct you for that. Okay. And yes, this wolf still is random wolf of the week, is still in the NBA. I have a, I think I have a I guess, have but. Oh, man. Do you want one more clue before I get yeah, this yeah, guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. This wolf of the week has now appeared in over 600 NBA games. Over 600 NBA games. Is it Robert Covington? Wow. Well done. Yes. It is Robert Covington. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I was going to jump in and say Thad Young for some reason, but I don't, I don't know how old he is. Rob, what? Rocco in the house. Let's go. What got you there? Yeah. What got you there? I didn't even, I didn't even make the turn to more leading questions. Well, first of all, what got me here was just talent and intelligence and my genetics you know my, yeah, my beautiful brains. wife um so i uh, it didn't hit me until well active player for one okay 33 years old and um and then you, you said five different teams so who's a journeyman that entered the league a little later in age like he was 23 when he started in the nba didn't he? Wasn't he like a second round pick too? Undrafted. Undrafted. I was Undrafted. getting there. Undrafted. No, I was trying to think of like like because you said he came in the league when he was twenty three in January, and and that signals to me that unless there's a lockout situation, why are you starting your career in the NBA as a twenty three or twenty four year old in January instead of like November or December? Okay. That's fair. So it was like it. kind of a like a weird sort of entry into the NBA, and Robert Covington checked all of these boxes. So. I don't trust and, you guys are in the right. same office, but uh, I'll give you this one. But that, that's, wow. a, that's a real – so the f- I'm trying to – now I have to look them up on Basketball Reference. Look at Ross. What are the Ross. five teams? Oh, there we go. See? What are the five accused teams? accused of a lot of things, Phil. I well, don't know if anybody's – Sixers, Rockets, Clippers, Wolves. That's five teams. Oh, and the Blazers. He played two seasons for the Blazers. Got it. And then two he played for twice. He was actually traded at one point back to Houston. I think that's when – Dude – I know the Clippers aren't going to move him 
I would take Rocco off the bench for 12 minutes, knocking down a couple threes. Well, he's averaging 4.4 points this year and 3.3 so he's not, boards. So he's, he's not doing a whole lot. He's so Okay, so he is currently playing he is on for the Sixers, the Sixers now. now. Uh, the, that's, yeah. the Cl- that's a really Clipper, good one. He played for the Clippers, too? Oh, he? you know yep. what? I might, I might have botched Philly. He might be on a sixth team. No, I got, it's five, right? He was part of I mean, the, the Wolves trade. got him from Philly, didn't they? Yes. 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 He, was part yep. of the, he was part of the Butler trade and then... Correct. Okay. It gets really confusing when you're building these, and this has happened a few times where guys have played for multiple franchises a couple different times, so then you have to go back and count. Well, wait a second. It's two different stints, but one franchise. He He's a bit of a Nas Reed, too. Like he undrafted, really good find by Daryl Morey when he was running the Rockets. Uh, and I think, to Phil's point, he was a Clipper. Now he's a Sixer because he was part of the Harden trade. Okay, uh, that's what So that's how like him and Batum went to Philly. Uh that was, I don't like to lose Ross, so I'm kind of salty, but that was a little better than our guy Shane Heal, who I'm going to try to get on this podcast. I think it's time for Shane Heal to make his debut. What's what's the time difference between here and Australia? Phil Seven, and I will record hours. at night. If I can get Shane Heal We're in Australia. Pod, it's, a big, it's a big land spot. Let's go Melbourne. Something tells me Shane will do it. If we can get, get you, to him, Shane, I think if you're listening to this, open invite so to come at, on the podcast. It's actually tomorrow at 8 a.m. in Melbourne, Australia right now. Wow. That is a big time difference. Yeah, eight a.m. So that's like how a mega work. And, and how, yeah, how, tough. how does that work? I, I lived there for seven months, and I just remember flying there, going like flying. What time back, is it in but, India right now? <laughs> Easy joke alert: Can Shane Heal tell us the final score of the Timberwolves Grizzlies game tonight, so we can all uh, make some guys, cash off of the it? Listeners, you guys have no idea how much I needed this today. I needed to just laugh about Shane Hill for five minutes to stop what, him crying. What day and time do you think it is in India right now? Uh, well, they're ahead of us, too, so it's got to be tomorrow at 1 p.m. <laughs> I'm covering my screen. I, so. I actually was what legitimately did, looking at it because I didn't know he was asking me, too. Friday, but he's 1 covering p- it up. Friday, 1 p.m.? It is Friday there right now. Okay. But it's 2.30 it's a.m. right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot to carry the two. Way too much math today on this podcast. <laughs> let's, keep, let's keep playing this game. What time is it in Poland, Phil? Let's just keep oh, looking Poland's these up. Pro- well, Poland is, is a little easier. Poland's probably like like an eight-hour. I would say it's like 11 p.m. in Poland right now. This would be a great podcast. Did you, do, you, do you have it up? I, no, I have no clue. Oh. I was asking you. I'm going to say uh, 11 p.m. in Poland right now. Let's do the what time is it podcast where we just <laughs> it's like an hour. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, uh, I was an hour off. It's 10 p.m. in Poland right oh, now. Good for you, Phil. Look at you in your Pretty world geography. Would, would this get would this one have been way too easy for you guys? Because this is one of the last clues that I had. This wolf of the week was traded in part for Justin Patton. I don't yeah. know that I would. would yeah, because that was part of, in part yeah, for in, Justin Patton. Yeah, yeah, not at all. But he was included in the trade, so it's okay. If you wanted to semantics. make, we'll do this in the summer when Phil and I continue this podcast. We will do a top five guys you just always believed in and still kind of do. Derek Williams is the captain of that team. I just still to this day, I think he's only like thirty two. Like he could still play, but I thought Justin Patton was gonna out of Creighton. Uh, I thought he was going to be awesome. It was like a bonus little first-round pick they got in that Jimmy Butler deal, and everyone's like, why would the Bulls give that pick up? I thought Justin Patton was going to be awesome. I have no idea what time zone Justin Patton is currently residing in, but <laughs> he's he's only 26 years old. Give him a chance. Yeah. I was a big Luke Babbitt guy. That's just a, that, that guy should be a basketball player with the name Luke Babbitt. Yeah. Lefty, though. Yeah. Was he a lefty? That would have been a good clue. You know what right I think there. about lefties and shooting the basketball. So, uh, Flagrant House. <laughs> Flagrant House, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast.